We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Good morning. This is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Good Monday morning to everyone out there and to my co-host, Eric Yoon. Eric, good morning. How are you doing? Hey, Robert. I'm apparently very orange right now. <laughs> Sorry so about that. Instead of yellow, you're orange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to fix that. Maybe we'll do some, I don't know what we can do later. But anyways, you look, you look good, week. Week. You look good. It's it. that uh, mysterious it's nice, look. I did get a tan last week, though. I actually did. Maybe that's what it is. In a a tanning booth? Because, you know, I've had friends that had tanning booths and they they come out orange. Yeah. (laughs) So how was your weekend? Yeah, it was really good. It's really good. I was just telling you earlier, but the reason I'm sitting here is because I sprained my ankle pretty bad. And so (laughs) I need to keep it elevated so it doesn't puff up too much. And so that's why I'm sitting here instead of my desk. (laughs) Playing some hoops and sprain your ankle. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get ready for the basketball season. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Well, today um, got an interesting topic. Um, the the title of the topic is called overcoming limitations. So, I'm mm-hmm. overcoming limitations of of growing your business, and and what are those limitations that tend to uh, to stifle or keep a business stuck as far as growth as you know, keeping them stagnant. You know, whenever talking about the subject of business growth, we, all talk, we often talk about marketing and sales as, as usually the primary topics when you're talking about how to grow your business. But what about we as the business owners as the key to growth? I mean, just individually, because many times the limitations to growing the business really is um, because of us as a business owner. We're, we're kind of the block a lot of times. We maintain too much control. Um, we don't delegate enough or we don't contract out enough work or whatever the case may be, but they just tend to, we just tend to be the block. <laughs> it's not just marketing sales. It's just, we just tend to be the block. Uh, maybe we don't take good advice or we're just trying to do it all ourselves. Um, and all comes back to what I said earlier, control. Even if you've got employees or managers in place, for some reason, a lot of a lot of business owners just try to maintain too much of that control and, and don't even allow the people that you've hired to do the work efficiently and even allow them to come up better solutions and just go do it, right? So that's kind of a, a little bit of the setup for what we're going to talk about today, Eric. And so talk about overcoming limitations, which basically means how do we overcome our own, how do we get out of our own way, <laughs> I guess is what it comes down to. So what do you think, Eric? Yeah, I think um, a great way to start is um, just you know, just categorizing. There's two ways I think you can help your business overcome limitations. And one category is uh, from the outside in, and the other one is from the inside out. And usually from the inside out costs um, a little less money, but outside in can be whether you, know, you get a consultant to get an outside opinion because you might have too much of a narrow-minded view. 
you know, about your business. And so you need some outside opinions, you know, um, looking at your blind spots and um, bring those to surface. Or, hey, blind, um, hey blind, blind spot sounds like a good title for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we do that? <laughs> Didn't we do that earlier? <laughs> <laughs> did we? Yeah. Overcome. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, we did. Or it was like pitfalls <laughs> or blind spots. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or, you know, you, you need um, just more people on your team or more experienced people on your team with different skill sets. And on the inside mm-hmm. out, you know, a lot of it's just inspiration. You know, are your, are your um, employees feeling inspired, you know, or do they just feel like they're surviving in your workplace? Mm-hmm. And so, so I think those are some things, yeah, we could, we could dig into. Yeah. And uh, shoot, I just had it. I just lost my train of thought. You said something. Um, right before you, you talked about inspiring others, yeah, uh, inspiring your team. Um, the hiring. Uh, yeah. Well, what else? What else did you say about that? <laughs> I just totally lost my train of thought. What else <laughs> did you say about that? Re- recap the last phase when you're talking about yeah, hiring out or. Um, oh yeah, from the outside, inside out. Yeah. Um, you can hire if you know if you're seeing um, you know people with different skills skill sets you need people with more experience um on your team or you need to expand oh, yeah. your team to get to the next level yeah the and more so. experienced part that was a um a, that was one of the things that hit me is that a lot of owners leaders uh refrain from hiring people that have more experience or seem better qualified or, or better than them mm, they're yeah kind of, they're fearful of their job, basically. <laughs> they're fearful right. that they'd hire somebody better than them, quote unquote, better than them, that they're going to take over their job mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just make them look bad, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing I think owners and, and even the managers that they have in, have in, in place as they're hiring people, they got to kind of get rid of their ego and hire people that are the best equipped um, <clears throat> for the positions. And the ones that have, yeah, you want to have a, a, people with more experience and are, are you know, maybe better at them in certain types of skills than, than you are because then you'll have a much, much better team in your business, mm-hmm. right? So can't be afraid of hiring people with better experience or more experience. I think that's, that's key. You know, one of the things, um, you know, and when you hire people, and just, well, let's go back to the inspiring part because, yeah, you know, when you hire employees and managers and so forth, You've got to allow them to just go do the work. Mm-hmm. And part of that allowing them to do the work is, again, you've got to, got to get rid of the control. You've got to get out of your own way, basically, and, and let your team do the thing. And then when it comes to inspiring, yeah, same thing. You can inspire them all you want, but if you're still micromanaging yeah. them and not allowing them to do what you've hired them to do and be creative and come up with solutions, that, that's still not going to, that's going to work. You can inspire all you want. So inspiring is great, but get out of the way at the same time. So anything, anything to add to that as far as inspiring? Yeah. I think inspiring um, whoever's on your team is one of the biggest keys because that's how you're going to really maximize the potential and maximize the capacity of uh, everyone that's, you know, in, in your team, Um, you know, employees or whatever position. Just because, you know, I think um, the ways you can inspire them are, I think one simple one is making sure that they feel, um, they feel taken care of. However, you know, obviously financially is one of those things, but also just emotionally, you know, I think if you check in with them and if they know that they're, that they're serving a company that, that, that is taking care of them, I think that empowers them. 
to get more creative, to uh, not just do the minimum work, but also want it to succeed, you know, and it's kind of like what you're doing as a business owner, you know, you, employees need way more inspiration because you're naturally inspired as a business owner, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's just, it's really your heart in uh, right. manifesting in the company, but you know, you need to be extra intentional to make sure your employees are inspired. It's kind of like you have a baby and you're telling everyone else that they need to love your baby, you know, but if they're not as inspired as you, they're not going to be, uh, be operating at the same level as you. And yeah. so I think different ways to inspire one, one um, way I was working with the company, this stands out to me, but uh, our manager, he kind of wanted us to be a little more, I don't know, to do like the extra work that's not paid for. We set up a reward system. And so, um, you know, there's different prizes for different rewards, but not all of the, all the rewards were based on making the company better, but some of the rewards were making our skill sets better. For example, he said, you know, um, if you write these, uh, if you read these books that are based on skill sets, that will help, you know, you even as a person do a book report on it, you get some reward points and we get to do little like fun things and stuff. So for me, that was really cool because it wasn't about the money or anything like that, but it just made me love the atmosphere and the culture that I'm working in. And it made me feel taken care of, you know, by my manager. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that just really helps the morale. So, uh, and it's a cheap way to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, culture is yeah. huge. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we talk about structure. I'll get, get into that in a little bit, but there's organizational structure, but then within that, I mean, the culture is what's going to eventually make it or break it as well. Having the right. right team in place, having the right managers in place is great, but having the culture of people that feel empowered and, and are inspired and just encouraged and just willing to go do and are passionate to do it. I think it also goes back to making sure that the owners got a, they have a, a vision and a purpose when they start this business. And it's important to share with the team. Yeah is what is the vision and purpose for this business? Why did it even start this whole thing? I think hearing right. the backstory of why the owner started this business is, is also very inspiring because everybody's got this story of how they got to that point. Mm -hmm. right? It's not usually just, hey, I got a business idea, let me get it going. But there's probably usually, there's usually if not, if not all the time, at least most of the time, there's been some ups and downs in that journey to eventually get to starting that business. Mm -hmm. And in hearing that, that backstory, I think is, is, is very powerful to the team because then they'll see why the owner is so passionate about the business. Right. Right. And then they become passionate about it because, Oh, okay. I see what happened and you know, it took a lot and you know, it's very challenging to get to this point. It wasn't just an easy road. Like they probably think that oh, this person just had money and just going to start this business. But, and you know, and you also get to know the, the owner a little bit better too, but yeah, making sure that the team understands the vision and the purpose behind why they started the business is, is also very important. I think that's inspiring in itself. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. I and mean, cult, like I said, cultures is key. Having creating the right culture that people feel um, safe to speak their mind, so to speak, and come up with ideas and even go do stuff and even challenge the status quo. Mm -hmm. I think that's an area of, of limitation is when the owners or the leadership is not open to change that they're, they're, they're happy with the status quo. I mean, I've even had a client that the business was going down <laughs> literally, um, but yet they weren't open to change. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, how's this situation going to change? If you're not going <laughs> to, if you don't want to change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like they're more comfortable in their own misery than they were in actually um, biting the bullet and, and go through the change. Um, right. That seemed weird. It was like, yes, it's going to be painful. The ch change is going to be painful, but 
right now you're experiencing pain because the business is going down. <laughs> so, and yeah. so it's kind of interesting dynamic I was, I was brought into. Yeah. It's more like a paralysis thing, thing than fear. I think you think it's fear, but there's just something, I think it's just like one little, one little change, you know, one little act you do, you know, can kind of set you in a new momentum, you know, to start growth. But I think it's just like a little thing you can do, like, I don't know, hiring one more person or setting up, you know, or like just consulting with someone. I think mm -hmm. that's like, it brings you a lot of momentum. Yeah. Having, having good counsel is a, a key thing. So make sure if um, they don't already have it is to have a board of directors, a board of advisors set up. Um, Cause that's important for every business. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not a quote unquote corporation, like whether it's an LLC or S corp, but, but every business should have some kind of board of directors or board of advisors mm -hmm. um, to help them see the big picture and stay on track um, with the mission and vision and, and the direction of the business. And basically you're having good counsel around you, right? So making sure you have good counsel around you and you listen to them. <laughs> Don't just have them there just as something to put down in your corporate docs, but actually they're really um, a, um, a source of good counsel for you. Yeah. You know, one of the things I've seen too is one of the limitations in the growth of a business is how you hire out the right people. Um, mm -hmm. Let me kind of rephrase that. But basically what I see is there's certain, there's businesses that hit certain revenue milestones. I'm going to generalize here in a little bit, but in general, um, when you're, when you're self-employed or maybe you've got a few employees and kind of a, a young, not necessarily a young business, but just a young business that has a few employees and maybe, or maybe just self-employed that, you kind of hit a plateau of about $250,000 a year that you can't get over when it's just you doing it, or maybe you have a few employees. Mm -hmm. And then there's a barrier where the business doesn't get beyond $5 million a year. And then there's the, the third barrier, which they don't get beyond 10 to $15 million a year. So one of the keys to breaking over that first barrier of $250,000 a year is to just have a good administrator. So let's just say you're self-employed, like you're self-employed, Eric. Yeah. And, you don't miss to having employees, but let's say you had a few employees. Mm -hmm. So you'll probably cap out of about two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars a year. And what you need is to have a good, solid administrator mm -hmm. to handle a lot of the day to day and keep you on track, so that you can focus on the big things that will continue to drive the business, like mm -hmm. being out and being the the key rainmaker, going out and get get sales, getting clients, being the face of the organization. Mm -hmm. But when you're the primary person in charge, because you don't have managers yet, that you're doing everything, right? And so which means a lot of your time is filled up by things that aren't productive for you. So yeah. having a good administrator to relieve all that stuff is key. So whether that's someone you hire or you might at least initially maybe contract out somebody to do something, but whatever the case may be, you got to do something like that. Then when you have a good administrator, what happens is you can get to about $5 million a year mark. Mm -hmm. And then you, then you start to peter out. Why? Because you need, now at that point, you need good managers. Now you've got employees in place. You've got a pretty sizable team now. And again, even if you have a good administrator, but again, you need people to, to manage people at that point too, because you've got more people involved. And the more staff you get, the more you need to um, have different managers in place because one person can usually only manage six to eight effectively. Mm -hmm. Right. So now you need to get now you need to get managers in place yeah. to be able to um, um, be the the eyes and ears for you. 
right? Because you can't, again, you can't do it all. The, the owner can't do it all. So as your team grows, that means you need to have good managers in place that you can trust to oversee people and, and, and carry out your, your directives, right? Yeah. Then <clears throat> when you get to about 10 to $50 million a year, now you need good leaders, not just managers, but you need good leaders. So in, with a, to a good, I guess, analogy or, or good illustration would be corporations. They have the CEO and then they have VPs. The VPs are basically like leaders. They're basically entrepreneurs within the business. They're entrepreneurs that need the entrepreneur. They got to think like an entrepreneur. They got to be, be self-starters, visionaries as well within their own departments because underneath them, they've got managers. Mm-hmm. So you've got leaders, you've got two sets of leaders, the, the leader, the owner, or the CEO, president, and then you've got VPs, which is your second layer of leaders to be able to manage the people underneath them and the managers have employees, mm-hmm. right? So as you're growing, you need to have not just more personnel, but you need to have good managers and leaders in place in order to, to drive the business. So basically what you want to start doing is, is hiring and, and training up entrepreneurs within a business mm-hmm. because now they can, they're more self-starters, they're more visionaries. They, and again, when you're inspiring them to go do, they get creative, um, they solve problems, and you don't have to do it all mm-hmm. as the owner or the president of the company. So that's kind of a, you know, when I talk about from a personnel standpoint and from an organizational structure standpoint, that's kind of what I've seen. And how we've helped some of the clients, you know, get to the next level is also from the organizational structure. What needs, who needs to be in place? Mm-hmm. So any thoughts? I know you're just sitting there listening. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. Well, I mean, that's really helpful for me because right now it's just me and, um, and a designer that I have. And, um, we're not at a place right now where, um, well, maybe we are, but maybe I'm just doing too much, but I like those numbers that really helps you know, just kind of the specifics and I know they're generalities, but, um, it just helps me for where I'm at in my business. So, yeah. And it's just one of those things where you need to evaluate every now and then say, Mm -hmm. okay, how much work am I doing? What's productive? What's not, what's just, what's busy work. I mean, it's not like the busy work isn't necessary. Obviously that's stuff that's necessary, but again, if it's taking away time from you being real, doing productive work that really drives the business, Um, then we've got to figure out how to eliminate that, how to, how to get that off your plate. Right. So yeah, those, I think those numbers are helpful. So as you get to that, as you get to that point and you really figure out why you're stuck at this point, it might not just be the marketing aspect. Cause it's like, if you do more marketing and sales, I mean, but you already tapped out as far right. as your own capacity, you can't yeah. take on more clients. You can only take on so many clients anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So if a lot of your time is filled up with busy work, then the one way you can take on more clients is if you relieve that busy work yeah. and that allow you to get to the next, the next level yeah. sales. Right. Mm-hmm. So cool. Anything else you got to yeah, add great. as far as limitations, overcoming our own limitations as business owners or the business itself so that we can get to the next level of growth? Um, no, I think other than just yeah, taking responsibility as a leader um, and not looking, yeah, just first starting with yourself seeing what kind of, you know, if the biggest changes, if any, everyone can have ideas, but you're the one that, that uh, decides whether they get implemented or not. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, just take action. Yeah. Um, yeah, take some action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's better than inaction, right? Do, do something. Yeah. <laughs> just so, think about it. 
Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, when you're, as a business owner, as you're, you're, you're struggling to figure out what's that next level of growth, how can we get over the hump here? Then first thing to do is look at yourself and say, okay, what, what role do I play in the limitations in the, why we're stagnant as far as growth? You know, it mm-hmm. might not just be the, the thing that most people gravitate towards more, more sales, you know, how do we get more customers? But what are some of the things that you're doing or not doing that's causing um, growth of the business to be stuck? So, mm-hmm. hey, Eric, hey, thanks again for this Monday morning. Have a great week. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in um, and listening to the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. If you have any business questions or topics that you'd like to hear more about, email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I the number 61 businessdevelopment.com or go to the Facebook page purpose and profitability. Then tune in again next week as we go live again. So thank you again for listening. This is Robert Fakui and remember purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.